Welcome to Behave Intelligently, an uncensored exploration of behavior in the workplace, life, and the larger world. Behave Intelligently is co-hosted by fellow behavioral enthusiasts, Jay Johnson, myself, and Mark Garrison, and produced by the amazingly talented team at Coeus Creative Group. Thank you for joining this week's edition, where we're going to talk about goals and goal setting. Now, Jay, I know recently you just did a training on goals and goal setting, and I kind of thought that would be a perfect topic for today's episode as a follow-up to our New Year's resolutions, new habits, sort of a new behavioral transformation for 2021. So what are your thoughts on, on goal setting? So I'm going to take the, the uncensored approach here. So cover your ears if, uh, if you have little ones around, but I think honest, (laughs) earmuffs, I think honestly, goal setting is bullshit. And I think that we have been built, given a false bill of goods, uh, by everybody that always talks about goals and goal setting and, and everything. There's, there's some parts that I think that are accurate, but I think that we approach it just in a completely wrong way, to be perfectly honest. What about you? You know, I wouldn't disagree, um, but it's hard to believe that the thousands and thousands of articles that are, that are published every year, you know, right around, you know, the new year about setting new goals that they're, they're all wrong. Is it that they're wrong or are they just taking a recycled approach to producing an article? Honestly, I mean, it's, it's all the same. And it's just, it's one of those things where it has not, there's nothing innovative about goal setting. Every single article is like, you have to have smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely. Yeah. Okay, great. But let's be honest. How many goals have you set that were smart goals that just didn't come to realization or how many times have we all set new year's goals or yearly goals annual goals and they're smart and we've thought through them and then we just come up short or anything else i just i I don't like the approach again i'm not completely derailing that and i think that we can get into some of these but the article that you had shared the one from positive psychology uh which is called the importance benefits and value of goal setting. I thought it was an interesting read. It's a nice long read and we'll put the link to that in the show notes just in case you want to follow along at home. But I thought it was really interesting how they went through and kind of sub-segmented different studies, different, uh, you know, different populations, whether it was students, whether it was people in mental health. But I mean, ultimately the lessons kind of come back to the exact same thing. What, What made you pick this article? Well, this was one of the first articles I came across that really provided a little more, we'll say, science uh, background to goal setting. It wasn't your typical um, Forbes or any of the other platforms where, you know, it's you have to establish smart goals. And if you set the goal of being an author, you know, you can write a best-selling book on on Amazon by the end of the year, right? It, It didn't get into all of that stuff, which and I'm so tired of the, tired of doing that. I've set myself a goal to be a best-selling author every year, and I've never made it. But I actually haven't written a page of a book yet either. <laughs> and that's my point. You know, that's my point. That is literally my point. Um, to be the best-selling author, and you know, we'll call that a big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Like the BHAG or the breakthrough goals. If you read any of the others. 
if you look at that and say, I want to be a best selling author and that's my goal. And is it, is it specific? Yes. There's a specific classification for a best selling author versus none. Is it measurable? Sure. Is, is it attainable? Well, there's plenty of best-selling authors out there and why wouldn't my work be a, you know, a best-selling piece of work? Is it relevant? Sure, if, if I'm in an industry or I have ideas, could it be timely? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Many authors get it done in six months or nine months or 12 months. It meets potentially all of those criteria, but yet you've never written a page. And that's where I think that these goals or the, the concept of goal setting is essentially somewhat flawed, is that maybe we need to look at the behaviors that lead to whatever the actual goal attainment is and make those our goals. So go on with what you're saying on this, but I, I think you literally just, you probably just said what I wanted to say even better than I could have said it. So, well, you know, I, I wanted to publish a book. And so I started with putting a, a daily task of writing one page and every couple of days I checked that task off and I, I still haven't actually written a page, but I just don't want that task sitting on my to-do list. And, and I, I started thinking like, well, this is kind of ridiculous. I've gotten really good at checking off the task, but I'm not actually doing the task. And so probably even a little satisfying to just check off the task. Be like, I'm just going to clear this tomorrow though. I'm seriously going to get after it. I'm going to nail it tomorrow. Uh, it's satisfying and, and sad at the same time. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm still that far away from that, that big goal. Um, but what I did like about this article is they, they do, uh, they provide some some background into uh, you know why it might be effective. They have a little bit of information on five goal setting principles that can improve your chance of success about clarity, challenge, commitment, feedback, and task complexity, which I mean those are true. Those are all it, it, my the the goal I want to achieve of say writing a book is a pretty complex and and challenging task. So if I approach it with, um, not much planning, not much change in behavior, I'm never going to achieve that goal. And so I did like how they broke down some of those steps of going, you know, you really have to be precise. So maybe, maybe for me, maybe my goal is not this year to write a best-selling book. Maybe it's to write a blog post every month or something. And maybe at the end of the year, those blog posts can be turned into a chapter of a book or kind of just breaking down some of those goals with very precise steps and, and really understanding the complexity of the goals that we want to set up. Let me, let me take it further than that though, right? So, I, and I like what you're saying about, you know, maybe breaking it down and, and making the goal even more specific or smaller and say, I'm gonna write a blog post a month. But what if I challenged you that instead of doing a blog post a month that I asked you to write one sentence every single day. If you could write one sentence every single day for the next 365 days. And when you think about that, like how, how easy would it be to potentially write a single sentence? Actually, I think it'd be harder to do that and you know, kind of keep that flow because I know a lot of people can get into the flow, but fine, if you write more than one, great. But your goal 
for the year is to write one sentence every single day. At the end of the year, you tabulate it. That is 365 sentences. If, uh, if I were to do the quick math, which I'm not particularly good at doing quick math, 365 sentences uh, and say the average length of your sentence is 20 words, just to make it a little easier. That is roughly about 7,000 words. Think of how much farther you would be in 7,000 words at the end of the year if you wrote that one sentence every single day than where you would be if you looked at the checkbox every single day and just weren't able to click it. And you know that's, that's kind of where I'm going with this is you can have that larger term. I like to look at goals maybe as what's my vision? I want the company to be a, you know, a million dollar company by the end of the year. Okay, well, that's great. But what is what do I have to do on a daily basis to get us there? So maybe my goals are not necessarily to generate uh, half a million dollars in revenue. My goal on a daily basis is to make 15 new connections. And that is my goal. If I do that small, tiny, little task every single day, it is going to get me to that, uh, you know, the larger objective or that larger vision. And am I going to put a time limit on that? No, those are the tasks I need to do every single day. So I can just keep going. Maybe that exceeds. I can look at myself in three months and say, am I on target? Do I need to increase the number of times that I'm reaching out on a day? Do I need to slow down because I'm overwhelming the team or whatever? I can manipulate that tiny goal that then serves in the purpose of those long, large sort of visionary goals. I, I think that that is an approach that works for me personally. And I think that approach probably will work for a lot of people. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, you know, writing one sentence a, a day or or even something like writing for two minutes a day. You know, yeah. some some kind of just taking a, a small bite of uh, the task every single day. Uh, if it's losing weight or exercising, maybe it's uh, starting at just walking for for five minutes go walk around, you know, walk around the block or so, a small task versus saying, I want to lose, you know, 10 pounds. Yeah, well, and, and, and to that point, even looking at it in terms of health, right? It, why do you want to lose 10 pounds, right? Because you could lose 10 pounds and maybe you lose a healthy 10 pounds. But let me tell you, I could also go to the gym, work out every single day and gain strength and that strength, that muscle weighs more. And guess what? I'm going to gain 10 pounds, but I'm going to be healthier. So for me, I look at that and say, what's the point of looking and saying, I want to lose 10 pounds? What, why is that a marker? If your actual overall objective is to be healthier, could we not micro goal and say, I am going to exercise for five minutes a day? I'm going to meditate for five minutes a day. I'm going to uh, reduce the amount of sodas I drink on a daily basis by one. All of those little micro goals are smart and they serve to the larger goal of being more healthy. 
But if I'm, if I set my target at 10 pounds and maybe, maybe I'm working really hard, really hard, but you know, I'm exercising every day, I'm eating healthier, but that goal isn't going, I'm going to lose my motivation. I'm going to lose that motivation because my number is not fluctuating, which quite frankly, doesn't really mean that you're healthy or unhealthy. So I'm looking at goal setting and, and when I'm trying to help coach people is like, get, get past that. I want to, you know, lose 20 pounds. I want to do this. I want to do that. Let's start looking at those behaviors and set behavioral goals that would be in service to your larger objective. So sort of trying to get rid of the potential demotivators and focusing more on the motivational tasks. To an extent, because, okay, so, you know, we always talk about our behavioral elements profile and fires, we're competitive. So, you know, being a fire, I'll speak from the fire perspective. I want metrics. I want goals. I want to know that I crushed my target. I want to know this, that, and the other thing. But I'm not going to stop once I've won. I want to keep winning and I want to keep going. So if I can define what my behavioral goal is, I can just keep crushing that goal over and over and over. And if I, if I plan that goal intelligently, it's going to be in service to my larger objective. So say my goal is to speak at Carnegie Hall. And I know that in order to do that, I'm going to need to amass uh, a large following. I know that I'm going to have to have uh, you know, certain materials that are published and or printed. Okay, we'll take it a step back from there. Every day, can I beat this goal? Can I beat this goal? Can I beat this behavioral goal? If I do those things, eventually it will flower and blossom into what I want that overall objective to be. If I say I want to speak at Carnegie Hall by the end of 2021, and I start sending letters, or I start trying to get an agent to book it, or I start getting this, and I'm getting rejected, and I'm getting rejected, and I'm getting rejected, eventually I'm probably going to go, you know what, this ain't worth it, I'm not there yet, I can't do this, or things aren't working out for me. So I back away from that goal. I reduce the scope, I reduce the goal. But if I would have started and focused on those behaviors, Eventually, I'm going to get to that Carnegie Hall spot. I just have to keep doing those behaviors that are in service to that goal. And in that process, developing a hopefully positive and healthy habit. So exactly. this, that does connect into our last episode quite well. Yeah. And, you know, and even thinking about it from the other elements, right? Like our earth, our structural, our process, our procedure focused, our more systems thinking focused. You know, if their goal, they're better at sort of that short-term planning or having those milestones set up and, you know, having a system to do it, utilizing some of that behavioral preference or utilizing some of that behavioral element that they can say, all right, I'm checking the box every single day. I'm clicking this off of my to-do list every single day. I'm following this organizational structure every single day and knowing that by doing those positive behavioral goals, that it's going to lead to whatever their long ter longer term objective is, right? I don't have to, I don't have to say, I want to lose 20 pounds. I can say, I want to create a system that helps me to be healthier. That system might include these six behaviors. You know, they might include these 10 behaviors. Can I check those boxes every single day of those 10 behaviors that are in service to that larger? 
our air element could be innovating different ways of getting to whatever that final objective is. Our water element could be looking at who is going to be taking this journey with them. They're going to be using that bond, that tribe. How are they going to meet whatever their visionary objective is with people? And how can they manifest those behaviors at the micro level? Now, let me put my uh, my earth hat on for, for a quick second here. Um, sure. I have a high high earth, but I'm, I'm mostly air. Um, your earth people like those processes and, and checking off those boxes. They're probably also ones that might get frustrated if they don't do goal setting correctly, right? To, and, and they can't get that best-selling book on Amazon or lose the 10 pounds because they're only shooting for those real high lofty goals. And so using my earth hat, I'm hoping, Jay, you have some kind of a framework or structure that the earth people might be able to follow into how they can better goal set and plan for the future. Yeah, I think one of the things that can be done is to say, all right, if I have a vision, right? You can always start with the vision. Where do you want to be? If you're the earth mark, where do you want to be in five years? Just give me a, so we're, you'll tell me, I want to be a best-selling author. Okay, fantastic. What is something that is a simple task that we can have you set up to do on a daily basis? Well, maybe one of the things, one of the, one of the pieces of being a best-selling author is to have a publisher. Okay, well, what are you doing in order to get a publisher on board? Do you have a daily research goal to identify publishers or to read something from each of the publishers that may be within your domain of knowledge? You want to be a best-selling author on behavior. Okay, what publishers are you doing research to find out which publishers publish behavioral books? you're going to set yourself a daily goal to find one behavioral book from a different publisher and you're going to keep track of that in your list because you're an earth you like structure you like process build me an excel sheet every single day now by the time that you hit the end of year one you're going to have a list of 365 different books with publishers across there i bet you you could be able to analyze that data at the end of year one and make a pretty good decision on which publisher you want to pursue. So the next year, we start looking and saying, what is your research goal for this year? What is your systematic approach to getting in contact with that publisher? Are you finding out where that publisher goes to conferences? Are you finding out what types of books that publisher is looking for? Are you finding the people? And we set these micro behavioral goals. By the end of that time, guess what? You're going to be very well read or at least maybe you're reading those books. Maybe you're reading a page, two pages, three pages a day of people from that specific publisher that you're gonna start accessing. Now you're gonna learn what language, what voice, what this is gonna be doing. Maybe we set up goal three is writing something that's within that stylistic approach, etc. All of those minor goals are valuable in and of themselves. Number one, you're educating yourself. Number two, you're also educating yourself about the industry. But number three, they're in service to that larger vision of in five years, I want to be a published best-selling author. Well, what does that take? If you have no idea, maybe that's where we start, not you know the writing aspect of it. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. And, and it seems like a logical process to go through. 
and I can even see an air. Uh, Aren't you proud of me? Earth is my yeah. least, you know? <laughs> so No, I could even see in that same scenario after that first year of tracking all the books and the publishers, I could see an heir being very successful with looking at successful titles and topics. They come up with an idea or a concept for their book using all of those other 365 sources that, they, that they've encountered for the past year. So I'm going to, I'm going to share a little insider baseball here and uh, hopefully not out myself too much, but when, you know, in 2018, when I had pitched for doing the TEDx talk on dealing with difficult people and I went in and had the conversations, interviewed, submitted all the stuff and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and they said, yeah, we love it. We love the topic. We're going to let you do a TEDx on that. This is the date. What we need you to come back with is a title. I actually spent probably the better part of three weeks reviewing every single, uh, every single TEDx video that I could or anything else like that for how did they start? What was their opening line? Um, was it a story? Was it a quote? Was it a, uh, you know, was it something shocking? Was it something humorous or, or anything else? I also went through on every single one of those and started to look, I did a content analysis and reviewed and analyzed the words that they used in the title. And that was ultimately how I ended up deciding, how am I going to title this? And how am I going to start this conversation off? Because I had a goal of a long-term vision or an objective of not being one of the TEDx talks that had like 30 people watch it and that was it. Um, and I believe it or not, even as a fire, I don't check all the time. But the last time uh, somebody had reached out was like, wow, you have over 2 million views at this point in time. That wasn't an accident. There was an intentionality, a systematic process there. Did I want those numbers? Yeah, that was my objective was for this to be a popular talk. But I really focused and narrowed in on the goals of, I will know every single intro of at least 100 of the most popular TEDx talks. I will know every single word used in the ones that have generated more than a million hits or more than 2 million hits, et cetera. Focusing on those and then incorporating that led me to the larger objective or the larger goal of actually having one that was viewed by people. And you say you don't have a strong earth side. Look at that. I know, right? I hide it well, I think sometimes. I, trust me, it wasn't something, but it was all in service to my overall objective as a fire to win. Sure, <laughs> right? sure. So I had to use that element. And that's, you know, that's the behavioral choice is I've recognized that there's a huge value in that proposition. But, you know, as a fire, it's very easy for me to say, I want to hit a million because fires are very goal focused or very results oriented. We want to we want to see our high score go up, we want to see this. But for me, I really try to take a different approach and just say my objective is X or my vision is X. What are the micro behaviors and those are my goals. Those are my smart goals. I will do this on a daily basis. This is how I will measure it. This is how I'll measure the success. After 6 months, I'm going to review those micro behaviors, those micro goals that I'm setting in service to the larger vision and say, am I on track? Am I actually getting close to that larger vision? 
because I can always adjust those micro goals on a daily basis to say, I'm, I'm way behind. I need to hit 25 people a day. I need to hit 30 people a day. Or I can say, you know, I'm, I'm on track, keep this up. And by the time that I hit the end of the year, I'll find that vision or that objective. So let's, we've talked about some kind of lofty goals of writing a book. And I know that's not something that everybody out there wants to do. Um, you know, there, there's not that many people that are out there aspiring to be a, a published author or a bestseller. I think everybody would like to, but most people that's not, not a, a top goal for them. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about some goals that people might typically want to achieve and maybe some strategies to change some of those behaviors. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So I know we touched a little bit on, on, on health. Um, what about uh, finances? I think that seems to be a pretty popular, popular one and, and maybe saving money or controlling spending, things like that. So I'm not going to lie. I totally cheat on this one and I use technology. Um, I downloaded one of those apps that just automatically sneaks money out of your account into a savings thing because I'm terrible at it. Uh, but I, I'm going to start with the same thing is like, okay, what is your overall objective that you have a cushion of money just in case that, you know, things hit the fan is your overall objective saving for, cause you want to buy a boat is your overall objective getting out of debt all of those different financial questions, I think, could generate different micro goals that would get you there. If it's getting out of debt, well, micro goal number one is stop using your credit cards or stop using debt or stop building debt, right? You got to stop it before you necessarily try to reduce it. Um, so my micro goal in that case, maybe I am, you know, I will... Uh, I'm going to freeze my credit cards. That way I really have to think about doing anything on credit. You know, I have to de-thaw them before I'm actually going to use them or anything else, or I'm going to log out or I'm going to get rid of all of my online credit things, you know, such as just being able to one click on Amazon or one click on Groupon. Those are little micro behaviors or micro goals uh, that I can look at and say, I'm going to reduce my spending by X amount of dollars on a daily basis. What do you have to do? You have to learn how much you're actually spending on a daily basis. It was nauseating to me when I found out how much money I was spending on Tim Hortons. Seriously, I'm pretty sure I was keeping franchises open uh, at one point in time. But when I saw how much it was and said, can I reduce my Tim Hortons intake by one cup of coffee a day? I'm going to make one more cup of coffee at home. And I did that. And then it was reducing it by two a day. I don't want to tell you how many times I had to make that goal, uh, just to give you an idea of how much coffee I actually drink. But I did that in service to the larger goal of reducing financial output. Okay, now that I've got that under control, I can start saying, how much can I save? Can I save, even call it, you know, can I save $2 a day? Can I save $5 a day? Can I save $10 a day? Because all of that, while it's small or while it's miniature, is something that can be done. So I'm, I'm not spending $3 on that cup of coffee. I'm taking that $3 and I'm going to put it into a jar every single day. Okay, I'm saving that $3, putting it into a jar. I get to the end of the year, that's $1,000. It's, again, 
looking at that micro, what am I doing every day in service? So not only have I not spent that thousand, but now I've got that thousand that's sitting aside. Maybe I look at and say, can I invest that? Or can I reduce two things in my life? Can I reduce three things in my life? Those micro goals are really what's going to get me to quote, financial freedom or saving for that boat or not overspending or reducing my debt obligations. But I'm sure at some point you were like, oh man, I've got a busy, t- busy day today. You know, I'm just gonna run in and get a coffee today where you kind of make that, that excuse that it's only happening this one time or it's because of this situation. How do you, how do you yeah. deal with those? You know, and I love that you bring that up because I think that's something that people do in their goal setting too, is they plan, uh, they plan their goals based on a perfect day or the, the mentality. If we're actually sitting down to make our goals, more than likely we have high motivation that day, more than likely we have things under control. There's nothing on fire. So we're thinking about our goals from that mentality. And what we're not thinking about is those goals when we're in chaos, right? So uh, maybe I'm uh, planning my goals to reduce my coffee intake or coffee expenditures in order to save some money, but I didn't take into account that I'm going to travel a hundred days this month or, you know, a hundred or this year. Yeah. A month. That'd be pretty impressive. That's a lot of coffee. Um, That's a lot of coffee. Uh, You know, that I didn't take into account that I'm going to travel for a hundred days this year. That's one of the things that needs to be thought about from the beginning is training for chaos, right? It's easy to keep your goals or it's easy to keep your task list when things are not on fire. But in reality is, what are you going to do when those fire days come? Thinking about that in advance? Okay, well, maybe I don't need, maybe I don't want to set my goal to write a full page every day. My goal is to write one sentence. Now, I could write one sentence, I could text it to myself if I needed to. If I all of a sudden got pulled away to something, I guarantee you can write a sentence at the amount of time that it takes you sitting at a stoplight or something, you know, get that sentence out. If you can write more on days that you have high motivation, fantastic. Making sure that your goal is attainable on a micro level and making sure that you're thinking about well, what happens when blank occurs and training for that chaos? You know, and I think that's a, a, an excellent point. You know, I do or have, I have done a lot of event planning in my life. And a lot of people around me have said, you're one of the more calm event planners I've seen or worked with. Like, there's not a lot of things that, that frazzle me. And I think a big part of it is, I don't plan in the utopic environment. I plan in a what if this happens mass chaos type scenarios. And I plan and build all of those things in um, as I'm constructing this event. And that's probably more my earth coming out, but also being an air, I think creatively. So I think creatively for chaotic situations and then use my earth to plan that out. Um, and it seems to have worked for my event planning. And so using that same mentality for whatever the task might be. So writing a book, it's not assuming that I have all the time in the world, right? It's that I'm squeezing this, this, this task into this mix or um, trying to exercise more 
it's not I've got all the time where I can do this. It's it's I've got to try to find a way to squeeze this in with everything else that I'm currently doing and everything is on fire at work or mass chaos, you know, going on. How do how do people how do you best coach people to deal with those excuses and, and to to think about those chaotic environments? Yeah, so, and, and I think that does, it does come down to scope or truly thinking through, like when you're doing goal planning or when you're setting those behavioral, you know, mechanisms, realizing and, and saying, okay, I am doing this one drop of water at a time, but over the course of time, those drops of water are gonna create a puddle. And over the course of time, that puddle is gonna become a river. And over the course of time, that river will become the lake, the sea, the whatever, and I will have met my overall long-term visionary objective. It's recognizing what in reality that, that drop or those multiple drops, because once you establish a behavioral pattern, the behavioral pattern gets easier to implement. It gets easier to remember to say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to go to the gym for an hour today, but I can still meet my 15 sit-ups and I can meet my 15 push-ups. That's my behavioral goal for every single day. I can get down and do those. It's going to take me 45 seconds. And if you can't find 45 seconds in your day, you, you've got, you've, you're going to have to work on some work-life balance things and maybe make that your goal for the following year. Um, but I think what you said makes a lot of sense. And I'm not an event planner. I don't like planning events, but sitting back and thinking about all the things that can go wrong, you know, when we, we, we have a couple of different cognitive biases that we suffer from is number one, we think that whatever we're going to doing, whatever it is that we're going to do is going to be successful. We start with that premise, like, ah, oh, I'm going to run an event. It's going to be the best event ever. People are going to sign up for this. People want to do this. I know that I've got the market tapped. And then all of a sudden, they're three days before the event, and they've got two people registered for it. And they go, how did this happen? How did... But at the end of the day, that is something that is part of our cognitive bias. Uh, another cognitive bias that we suffer from is the bias against uh, you know loss over gains. So for example, we would rather we would rather um, if you take it in terms of we will do whatever we can to stop ourselves from losing five dollars rather than gaining ten. We don't want to lose something that we already have. So when I'm thinking about my goals or when I'm thinking about something like that and, and, and kind of training for that chaos is maybe I put a punishment behind, if I don't achieve my goal, I will lose X for that day. So if I don't do this, I am going to cut this off. You know, I, I have to put $5 in a jar. I don't want to lose that $5 or I have to make a $5 donation to somebody else. So I'll do a little good with it. Some days, you know what, I'm going to say, hey, the $5 donation is worth it. Some days I'm going to say, no, I'm going to make sure that I'm not doing this. So thinking through the way that our brain works, thinking through those realistic, like what really can go wrong and having somebody maybe even litmus test that. You know, there's been points in times like you've asked me, hey, what do you think on this? Do you think that this is a possibility? And I'll say, no, nah, I doubt it. You still plan for it, but maybe there's less impact on that. Or I say, yeah, that's a real possibility. And you say, okay, I better put a little more attention into those pieces. So understanding uh, barriers 
or creating barriers, depending on what you might need to do for, for your goals. Um, and, and sort of managing that process along with uh, understanding what you might be giving up, what that loss is, and not substituting it with something else. So you're saving money by giving up one cup of coffee a day, but if you start buying something else every day, you're not really achieving that goal. Yeah, so making sure that you're not substituting the behaviors with bad behaviors or, or negative consequence behaviors, being aware of that, absolutely. Because it's super easy, especially if you're somebody like me, this is why I use the technology. Oh, I'm saving $3 a day, that justifies me buying a Sea-Doo. Okay, that doesn't help me get to my financial stability goal. Um, right. So recognizing, you know, those kinds of impulsivities or those uh, cognitive, uh, you know, those cognitive biases that we have, like, oh, I can justify this. But the reality is, is we are human and we are really really good at making justifications for our behaviors. We're really good at making excuses and we're really good at saying, I'll do this and I'll start this tomorrow. But if you have a daily behavioral micro goal and you miss that micro goal, get back on board, right? Know that tomorrow is a new day. I missed this this one day, but I can get this the next day versus looking at the nebulous vision of being a best-selling author or a nebulous vision of, I wanna be out of debt. Okay, well, there's specific behaviors that will get you there. If I focus on those behaviors that will get me there, if I miss a day or if I screw up on one day, the next day is the, the next day. And you can get right back on that train. You can get, you know, unless you accidentally, you know, spend $100,000 or something like that and realize that you've really set yourself back. but. Um, the whole concept of that is I can, I can be good today. I can be good tomorrow and I can make a chain of wins. So start small, identify those, that behavioral change. Don't make excuses. If you do just restart, don't give up, uh, prioritize it and kind of control uh, those barriers, those obstacles and and the chaos that might ensue to a point to where you can be successful with achieving micro or daily type goals yeah if i was to wrap it up and put a nice bow on it make the goals that you're going to set make your goal setting make your goals behavioral goals behavioral goals that work in service to your long-term vision your long-term objective. I wanna be healthier. I wanna be more financially stable. I want to uh, land a new career. I want to, whatever those long-term larger objective breakthrough type goals are, what are the behaviors that you have to exhibit today, tomorrow, the next day in order to achieve that long-term vision? Set yourself those smart behavioral goals and execute on a daily basis. There's gonna be days you're motivated. There's days that you're not gonna be motivated. But no one day will then keep you from getting to that larger objective. And then one of the things, and I think that you had mentioned it and, and it's really important, is monitor. Three months from now, three weeks from now, three days from now, are your behavioral SMART goals actually leading to your longer term objective? And if they are, 
then keep it up. If they're falling short, then increase them. If they are, you know, exceeding, well, then keep going because you've already been doing it. Sounds great. And, and if people need some help with this process, you know, we do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching when it comes to uh, behavioral goal setting and, and keeping track of those goals. Uh, some people just might need that extra nudge in, in, in structure and to be accountable to somebody else. Here's a here's one quick and I love that. Here's one quick example. I was talking to somebody that wanted to reduce their screen time and they they were really looking at reducing their screen time. And this is one that I've I've used in multiple occasions, but in this case at night at eight o'clock, their behavioral goal was to go in and log out of every single one of their apps. So they would log out of Facebook, they would log out of Instagram, they would log out of Twitter, they would log out of LinkedIn, they would log out of all of their different stuff. That is a behavioral SMART goal. I can, it's specific, I can measure it. It's relative because it has an effect on the, the screen time. Super easy to do this, took them 30 seconds to do it. And that minor goal in and of itself ended up reducing their screen time by multiple hours a day because they stopped laying in bed and scrolling through Facebook and then jumping to Instagram and scrolling through there. They had to think about it, but that was a behavioral goal that they could do in service to their larger goal of reducing their amount of screen time. And I think that your recap there and the idea of, okay, how can I create these behavioral goals? Sometimes we can't think those behavioral goals through. So getting a little nudge or getting a little help on that question is not something to be embarrassed by, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, behavioral economic, <laughs> economists like us, this is what we do. We study this. We try to focus on uh, you know, those little micro behaviors. So don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. Well, I think our time's up for today, and I, I hope that some of the things that we talked about will give you maybe a different perspective when you're looking at goals and goal setting, because, you know, we all have created goals that we just fell short of. We've got goals that we smashed out of the park and, and anything else. That's, that's human. Focus on those behavioral things. I think it'll really help as you start to plan for the rest of your year. If you do the right behaviors, good input means good output. So thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Behave Intelligently. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you might be listening. Let us know what you think about this episode and goal setting. Uh, email us your thoughts at podcast at coeuscreativegroup.com. If you want to learn more about Coeus Creative Group, please visit our website or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Tune in next time when we talk more about behaving intelligently.